Eagles. Uh-huh. Well, since we are now, the line on the Vikings, the Eagles is six as we speak. And I can see that. It's going to be in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts. We're going, to, we're going to see for a second season if he's continuing to make his progress. Last game, they got the win against uh, Bill Belichick in New England, but his numbers look good in terms of percentage-wise, but numbers-wise, they just didn't. They were pretty pedestrian. And I think he's a legitimate quarterback. I don't think he's one of these quarterbacks that runs around and just throws the ball. He's not like Lamar Jackson where people are still trying to figure out if he can get it done. I think Jalen Hurts can get it done, but I think that the Philadelphia Eagles will regress this year. Yeah, he showed at Oklahoma that he could be a, a pocket passer. Yeah. And um, yeah, obviously he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl last year. So, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I just don't know if he'll be able to back it up because now there's more tape. They'll be more prepared for him and thing. you know things of that nature. They'll throw different de- defenses at him and stuff like that. So, you know, he's going to have to make adjustments to the adjustments made to him. Yeah, I think he has the capacity to do it because he was able to go to Oklahoma, like you said, from Alabama. I know this isn't the college football ranks, but he was able to show the adjustments for what he had done at Alabama that made me, when I first saw Tua as a true freshman, still want to put him ahead of Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts had already been to a national championship game, been part of a national championship game, all of that. And he was able to go to Oklahoma and really light it up, show that he can stay in the pocket, read defenses from left to right. And he's never really been that guy that was going to almost always be that threat. You know, the things we talked about yesterday when you talked about Justin Fields, his first option seemed to have been just get out of there, panic, just run. That wasn't that wasn't ever Jalen Hurts. He tried to stay in the pocket and read. You know, things just didn't go all the time. You know, the kids were facing Alabama had, had the line. He moved around, but he wasn't necessarily a running quarterback in college. And last season, he proved that he could run when needed, but he was still using the passing game as his first option as a quarterback should. Right. He made great strides last year, and we'll see if he can back it up. Uh, Like I said, I think uh, defensive coordinator is going to be more prepared for him this year. Mm -hmm. They'll, They'll throw different looks at him, and he's going to have to adjust to those adjustments. So. It's going to be interesting, but I, I got the Eagles over the Vikings tonight. Oh, yeah, and because of what, being in Philadelphia, or I still, after all of this time, don't believe in Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and I don't think Minnesota does either. They did not, did not give him the extension he was looking for. Well, you know, they lost last week. They're going against the NFC champs on the road. So yep. I mean, it, it seems like it could be a trap game, but I, I'm rolling with the Eagles tonight. Oh, yeah, I, I think, too, too, I don't expect too much from Minnesota this year. And I think Detroit might be the team that kind of sneaks out of there with all the things going on in the a, uh, the NFC North. I mean, Chicago's going through their issues. I think right now Green Bay thinks they have something, but we'll find out if they really have something as they continue to play and seeing if Jordan Love can pick up his own slack. You know, he looked okay against the Bears, but I think the numbers at the end of the day weren't completely indicative of what he did behind center. Uh, dumping it off the players and make, having the athletes make the big plays. He didn't do a whole lot of reading the defenses, too. He just did more of it than Justin Fields. So he wins that battle. But moving on to other he wasn't teams, He wasn't under duress. But, no, he wasn't. You know, yeah. So there was nobody. His, day, his day was easier to stand back there and find somebody, look around and find somebody. And, and even then, in the early going, he still wasn't finding anybody because it looked like he wanted to run first. It's like – after halftime, he started looking better and at least more comfortable in the pocket. As far as Justin Fields goes, you know, it's easy to blame him because you say he runs first, he runs first, but there was no running game. And then you saw, like you said, the offensive lineman letting people come through. He didn't have enough time to really throw and settle down. But the times that he did have, the rare times he had to read a defense, he panicked, I think, because he got to that point where he already had it in his mind. Like David Carr used to be with Houston in his first year. It was a turnstile. It pretty much shell-shocked him. He almost expected to get hit, even when he had protection. He might have a year and a half of uh, looking over his shoulder to overcome. You know, it might take him a while to really get comfortable in that pocket. And with the the Bears having issues on their line, um, who knows when he'll be able to get comfortable. 
Yeah, and that's and that's the bad part about it because I think the Bears, as an organization, they still see something in him. I don't think it's anything like Trey Lance where it looked like the organization gave up on him. And I think they may have had reason to give up on him. They've seen him. They've waited. They tried to nurture him. But then he was beaten out of his spot. And what you have now with Purdy seems to be more than you <clears throat> would have in the near future with Trey Lance. And it was best to get something for him, send him to Dallas and get what you can for him. And we're seeing in the early going, the early receipts, San Francisco's offense is what we expected. Their defense is probably even more. It just looks right now like the Bears ruined another quarterback. Wow. Uh, Jay Cutler, he looked like a promising young quarterback in Denver when the Bears traded for him. And then he became uh, – he in all actuality, he was one of the better quarterbacks the Bears have had. But that's not saying much. And yeah. unfortunately, Justin Fields uh, – he was uh, he had spent the entire first year under Nagy. I don't think they developed him hardly at all. And now you have a defensive coach brought in. I'm not sure about um, Getsy the OC. I, I don't know if he's getting development now. Now looking back as a as a Bears fan, what do you mean? Like, how did the organization ruin Jay Cutler and probably even other quarterbacks? Did you don't remember that. You don't remember that Sunday night game against the Giants? You got sacked like 11 times. Oh, I mean, oh, ruining that way. And I thought there was something organizational where it was an ongoing thing year after year that they just well, didn't. Well, yeah, they don't the address their offensive line. And, and if you're all constantly looking over your shoulder because you got sacked 11 times, how are you going to find an open receiver downfield? Yeah, I don't know. I don't keep my eye on the Chicago Bears as much. I would have liked to believe that they've – But an 11-sack night, that, yeah. that's news. You oh, remember oh, that. Oh, I know oh, you yeah, We remember that part. But okay. I'm saying well, of not addressing the offensive line, you would like to believe, come on, anybody with any reasonable thought process would like to believe that they went out and got some offensive linemen. They just did not work out. So they're not good at that capacity either. Oh, and finding oh, the oh. offensive linemen that are going to be in a place where they can protect the quarterback. Uh, uh, management, um, ownership, where whoever's involved in making the decisions to bring in these offensive linemen who didn't get the job done, that also helped ruin it. So I guess in turn, yeah, the organization ruined these quarterbacks. I mean, Rex Grossman, what was the problem with him? Was it an offensive line deal or was he just not – He, I don't think he should have been a first-rounder, but, you know, he did well at Florida. So He, he was decent the year they went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But in the Super Bowl, you know, he had the pick six – he had, I believe, two fumbled snaps. I, I don't, I don't know what happened to him, and it was all downhill from then. Well, it's a new week in the NFL now. Second week starting up, as we already mentioned, the Vikings are taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia tonight. So it's going to be a rough game for them, I believe. You, you're taking Philadelphia. I think the line is six right now. I'm taking Philadelphia. I don't. I think it may be more than six by the time um, when this game is done. They're probably going to win by probably 10 points or more. I don't. I just don't believe in Minnesota. I just don't believe in the running game with Madison being the primary running back. And, of course, Kirk Cousins just hasn't, haven't been impressed with him. I was yeah, more impressed you, with you him. You put him in the crosshairs. You mentioned him a lot as, as a reason why the Vikings, you don't think they'll do much. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much in the crosshairs. But I think he's also in the crosshairs of fans and the management because they haven't given him the extension he wanted. And we'll find out tonight, you know, I, in Philly, a tough place to play anyway. And, you know, they'll be jacked up in front of the home crowd, everybody watching on Thursday Night Football to start off the week. You know, we have some picks or at least some games that I just threw together, gave you some lines and whatnot. We just go through that towards the end. But right now, also, another week of college football, the Miami Hurricanes taking on Bethune-Cookman on a Thursday night game. They won by, what, 57 points last season. They scored 70 on them. But one of those games I saw and said, you know what, they blew them out, but there's still something missing as opposed to the Miami of Ohio game where they didn't blow them out as much. But I saw a completely different Canes team, and it seems like it translated over to the Texas A&M game. Canes playing through Cookman. Move that out of the way. Just let you know that there's some college football going on tonight. And then, um, Coach yeah, speaking, of, speaking of the U, they just picked up a five-star defensive lineman commitment. It's, see, I, I, I didn't get to see that. Huh? You're a Nebraska fan picking up news before I can get it for the game. Oh. Well, I was I was uh, on Twitter just scrolling, and I saw yeah. I came across that. That's that's a good deal, and that's what winning does. 
Mario Cristobal is already a great recruiter. He's not a good recruiter. He's always been known as a great recruiter. He helped FIU when he was there. I don't even know why they had gotten rid of him. I mean, he was winning, took him to a bowl game. They've been putrid ever since. And he's been exclusively a part of that of Nick Saban's staff, I believe, in 2015, 2016, the recruiting coordinator there. And he was a big part of that recruiter of the year going by 247 Sports for them. And those players that he brought in are obviously responsible for the subsequent national championships that Alabama had gotten afterwards. At Oregon, brought in great players. I don't think the coaching matched the, matched the great players, but now he's in Miami. And he's keeping that Southern uh, talent there, keeping that South Florida talent there. Things are turning. And now the transfer portal adds even a, another element for him to do what he does best, talk players into coming to Miami. This latest five-star player, this is something that Miami hasn't been getting with any consistency for years. Now to see yeah. last year one, now another. I didn't, I didn't see where the kid's from, but it showed that uh, they beat out Florida State and Ohio State for him. See, now those yeah, obviously he's a five-star, so you know – the bigger schools are after him, but yeah, those two specifically. And that and with Florida State being on the run they're on right now, and Florida State, you know, Miami, Florida State, and Florida used to battle for these five-star players years ago constantly because the five-star players wanted to go there. Florida, at least at the moment, isn't what they once were. They will get back to where they were. There's just too much talent in the state of Florida and players who want to go to Florida. Florida State is just out the gate. They're, they've separated themselves in terms of top teams in the state of Florida right now. Even in front of the Canes, hopefully the Canes catch up and they'll have their chance. In Tallahassee in November, and you'll be there, I'll be there, little man will be there, well, grown man will be there, so yeah. we'll get a chance to see that. So, yeah, but just wanted to mention that Canes game. But then we're going back, as I was saying, a second week or third week of college football, and now we're talking about still Coach Prime. They just don't learn. People on the outside still want to talk about him. Now his the team he's playing against, Colorado State, in-state rivalry. Jay Norvell, their coach, he's talking about, uh, not necessarily talking about Deion Sanders, but threw some shade out there. You know what the hell he was talking about. Come on. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's thinking, what the purpose of of, of his comment was. Um, you would think the way they came out as high-powered on offense as they are, mm -hmm. you don't want to give that team any more motivation. Um, I don't know. That that defense is going to have their hands full Saturday. Oh, absolutely. And they've been getting beaten up by Colorado for a long time. Uh, I, I, You know what? The last time they beat him, I think they beat – the last time they beat Colorado when Colorado was ranked was back in, I don't know, 2002 or something like that. They were ranked number seven, I believe, and they were able to beat them in Denver. It wasn't in Boulder. So we, we get a chance to see how all these things obviously have changed. But at the same time, They've also revamped their whole offense, their entire team. I think 50-plus new players for Colorado State as well. But they're getting a whole bunch of players from Colorado, whereas Dion has the majority of his top players coming from the state of Florida, coming from Texas, coming from, um, coming from California. We're talking about some of the best-playing football states in the entire country, and we're seeing the results as they're coming out. Right. Dion's doing his thing, and if I was an opposing coach – I'd either stay quiet or I'd be like, hey, Deion's doing a heck of a job over there. Our boys are going to give their best effort. We'll see what happens on Saturday. Don't give those guys any more motivation, man. They're, they're hyped up as it is, and they already have a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, when Shea gets thrown their way, whether it's real or perceived, they yep. use it to their advantage. And and Dion and Coach Prime, he's earned Coach Prime. Dion, Coach Prime. I don't know why people are still call him Dion. He's earned Coach Prime. I mean, even if he loses the rest of the season, he's earned Coach Prime for even putting it on the map like he's done and living up to. I think he's exceeded expectations. They were already doubled their win total from last season <laughs> with two wins. But I'm saying with Dion Sanders coming in, he raises the profile of Colorado, which you don't think should it should be somewhat of a surprise. But really, is it a surprise because? This, Colorado's been bad for quite some time, but this is also a team that's won a national championship before. We're talking about now the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, was the starting running back there when they won their national championship. 
Darian Hagan, quarterback, was there when they won the national championship. Colorado was popping at one point. They did share that national championship that year with uh, Georgia Tech because of that uh, in the Orange Bowl, the clip that allegedly never was with Notre Dame, et cetera, with Rocket ran the ball back. Not only that, I mean, the fifth down, they, they should never oh, they should yeah, against Nebraska. Against Nebraska. Against Nebraska, oh, that was, right? No, that wasn't Nebraska. Oh, no, who was the one? I think it was down? Missouri. Oh, Nebraska. Well, that Missouri. No, I think Missouri. it was Missouri. Yeah, yeah the fifth down. It, it, they should have never been in that position. So, yeah, it, it's justified that it was shared because they shouldn't have been there. Yeah, it's probably true. Well, that's likely true. And that Georgia Tech team was a doggone good team that year, and I believe Marco Coleman defensively led that. He was a first-round pick for the, the Miami Dolphins afterwards. And, they had uh, a good uh, offense, too. But yeah, often, yeah, but they, they still ran the option back then, but they were able – Tell they ran into the ground. They knew how to. The option was still like the the wishbone. They didn't run the wishbone. It wasn't the spread. It was like a power eye, I believe. And they just ran it and they doubled up. I guess with the full house on occasion, and they just knew how to run it. I mean, their teams like that. Whether it's the military academies or Georgia Tech, which is known for that, they just know how to get that running game going. Or even the old school Oklahoma teams with Jamel Holloway or or with Charles Thompson from back in the day. Yeah, but Coach Prime. Do you think the excitement that he's bringing, is it more because – and you get these eyeballs on television that want to see him coach, want to see his players. If you had a percentage to put on it, how many of these people are more interested in seeing him lose than just Colorado having success and being able to celebrate what Prime is doing? I think it's a pretty high percentage. Is it 40%, 50%? I'm not sure. I I'm I know he has a lot of haters. Um, there aren't enough former players out there to make up a majority. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of people. I I think in the coaching ranks, especially coaching ranks and in the media, they just they don't like him. They they didn't like his act. They don't like his uh, confidence, his bravado, his swagger. They don't like none of that. Um, but I'm sure it's because they have their own issues why they don't like it. You know, it's not like he's ever done anything negative. Yeah. I think some of them don't like him because he's saying a lot of what they wish they could say and he's getting away with it. You know what I mean? These coaches want to say certain things. They don't say it because it wouldn't be the politically correct thing to say. Dion says these things or Coach Prime says these things and people embrace it. And then he goes out there, acts on it, he wins. And people embrace it even more. And if you use social media as some type of a gauge of people and their interest in Colorado, and you go to some of these college boards or college forums and rooms, and you see there are a lot of people who aren't Colorado fans, but they're speaking highly of Coach Prime. Now, of course, you have your people out there who just want to see him fail, and you'll ask them why, and they'll say, because he, he should be humble. And then you wonder, what is their idea of humble? What does he say that's not a humble? You're saying something to him. He's responding to something you don't like in return. And then you say, because he said it that way, he's not being humble. <laughs> he's he like any other coach would say, you know, he's not going to do the Lou Holtz and tell you how he should be a 50-point underdog with a powerful Notre Dame team against Navy. He's not going to tell you that. If he's a 50-point favorite, he's going to tell you why. He's going to ask you, why is he 60? Because with the talent he has against a team he should be favored against by 50, man, why not 60? You know, so I think there's a lot of coaches upset about that. Fans are upset because it's not he, their team winning with him. He's, he's upsetting the apple cart. You know, he's doing things differently. But, you know, it's the way I see it right now, he's created this wave. It's like a huge wave. They got so much momentum. And if they keep winning, man, it's, uh, you know, recruiting is going to be that much easier for him. It, I, I talked about it yesterday. Colorado is yeah. going to be a serious problem no, as long Colorado, as he's there. Yeah, Colorado is a serious problem. In fact, I was just thinking today, do we even know how well he can coach yet? Because he has the talent that he's throwing together. He's shown that he can get guys together, help them mesh, get chemistry fast, and get some results. Now, with the better teams, because in the beginning of the season, we don't necessarily know how teams are going to be. We didn't know whether TCU was going to be anything of what they was last year. And we know when they return fewer than 19% of their production from the previous season, you knew there was going to be something different. But 
with him changing all of these players, period, pretty much just gutted the entire team, putting something out there and looking at football and knowing about how you have to have so many moving parts on the same page in order to have success. And he had that. Now he's 2-0, and taking on a tough Nebraska defense, beating a TCU team in TCU. And I'm still wondering, okay, now the X's and O's parts, he knows that part. He's been an NFL player. But wow, uh, is it still talent in X's and O's, or is it just one over the other or both? I think he's done an amazing job getting the the offense to to gel together, getting the defense to gel together, playing as a unit. Um, they really haven't made any major mistakes. Uh, definitely not against Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska made all the mistakes, but. Uh, he's done an amazing job um, getting them to gel as a team. We talked about it before the season started. He's got so many new players. You know, are they going to mesh well? He's going. Are they going to play together as a unit? And he's answered those questions without a doubt. Flying colors. Yeah, I think some of these coaches thinking the way he had done it well. You know what? I think the way he's done it now is kind of the way they could have done it themselves because of some of these coaches could have gotten this many players out of the portal and all of these top players wanted to follow them to come to the portal, they would have done it. The point is that he's having top players, whether it's the portal or straight up recruiting with Travis Hunter, I think he's, you know, they they don't have that benefit. People are coming to him like the Pied Piper as people go to Alabama. They're still going there, but now it's split up a little bit because Georgia's now got a piece of it. Ohio State's going to still get a piece of it. Michigan's going to get a piece of it. The top-tier teams are always going to get a piece of those five-star players that trickle down to players like teams like Miami now. But Colorado, mm-hmm. with Prime, they can now get a multitude of five-star players because people just want to be in his presence, it seems. At Jackson State and the HBCU, if you had any Division One players, it didn't have to be a, the number one player. If you had a mid-tier Division One player, you're likely going to be one of the best players on the team. Travis Hunter, as a true freshman, was the best player on the team stepping on campus that spring and spring practice. You know, so if he can continue to do that kind of thing in short order and the way he gets that cohesion going, I don't know what he does and how he does it. The offensive line was supposed to be an issue this year. It's somewhat of an issue. It just hasn't been as glaring as they were expecting going into it. It may get exposed later on against the tougher teams, but these teams that were perceived to be tough, like TCU, Nebraska defensive wide was, was getting to him, but Oregon, I mean, Oregon's going to be the team that's going to be the gauge, the most, the most, the soonest team he's going to play to get the biggest gauge of how well they really are. Yeah, that that's probably going to be the game of the week because everybody's going to want to find out or want to see and know is Colorado for real because right now they look the part, but as you mentioned, the – the competition has been average, right? Maybe even yeah. below average. So they they got to prove it against better teams. So so we'll find out when, uh, when they take on Oregon. But he's got he's got the talent. He's got so much confidence, and yeah. I think it's rubbed off on that team. They're so confident. My only concern with Colorado would be Travis Hunter playing both sides of the ball. He's playing both sides of the ball almost like 100%. Yeah. You know, how long can he keep that up? I mean, more power to him. If he can do it all year, that's incredible. But I just wonder, will he be able to do it? Or at some point, is he going to play more offense and less defense or more defense and less offense? Well, naturally, he's a defensive back anyhow. But, you know, like Charles Woodson, who won a Heisman because he was doing everything, Special teams, defense, offense, you know, he was just that phenomenal. But I, I don't even remember him being in so often while he was doing that. No, he wasn't. I mean, Hunter's in there practically every the play time. on both sides of the ball, yeah. He just turning it around. That's it. He mm-hmm. just turning it around when the ball's putted or whenever he has to get back out there. And he's really used. But he didn't get used as much this past week. But, you know, moving forward as the teams get tougher and you're going to need your premium players out there, He's going to have to be out there because he does give them the best chance to win when he's out there. And 
as far as the defense goes and playing Colorado State, not much of a threat. Even the in-state rivalry still doesn't make it much of a threat. But their running defense, their run defense at Colorado has not been good, giving up plus 200 yards in both games so far. And I don't expect that to happen against Colorado State because they still can't figure out the running game themselves as a collegiate team, averaging just about three yards or less per carry, which is awful for college. You know, in the NFL, that's pedestrian. In college, that's awful. And, you know, so they're going to need some help there trying to get that linebacking core in particular together so that they can stop the run. I mean, the defensive line can hold the guys up, occupy guys, as you know. The linebackers are the ones who keep those running backs from moving forward. So they can use a little bit of that old school Chad Brown from Colorado back in the day or that Canavis McGee and Alfred Williams tandem. They can use that right now to slow down that run. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I don't see them having a problem with Colorado State. Uh, even yeah. if they run the ball, they, they're not going to do it enough consistently to to pose a problem. And now as far as Deion Sanders bringing the high profile, we already know the name itself brings the profile. But you look at the sales now, they're talking about merchandising being up at, a, at about 525% now since he's been there. And September is the biggest month of sales in the history of the school because the first biggest day, was when he was announced to be coach of Colorado. So Dion's bringing all the, the goods. Now, of course, we can't skew that because there wasn't any internet back when there was Eric Bieniemy and other guys, you know, Michael Westbrook when they played for uh, Colorado back in the day. So we can't gauge the, a website and how much it went up because of then and now, you know, because there wasn't a website to go to back then. But 525% on merchandising on their website, uh, Colorado's bringing the goods, period. They're selling out every game so far. I think the Oregon State game later on, I think in November, is close to being sold out. And if they do sell out, that it's likely going to get sold out. And if they sell out the Arizona game, uh, the, uh, the I think it's the Arizona game, which is, I think, the last game, the home game of the season, this will be the first time ever selling out all six home games. I never even knew that part. Like, wow, <laughs> that's craziness. They've had success yeah. in, their, in, in their history. I thought they would have sold out before now, college football. I think something catastrophic would have to happen for them not to sell out all their games this year. Yeah. Uh, if they if they start losing, lose three in a row, uh, obviously a lot of the tension and the momentum will come to a screeching halt and all the love he's getting and the, the crazy fandom, they, it, it, it'd be, it would just go away. But I, I don't see that happening. I'm wondering if it intensifies if he loses because now they're really going to get on him. How does Dion respond when people start talking about, man, you lost this game. You might have lost the second game. You might have lost the third game. And you know some of them will throw shade towards him because they've been waiting for that moment. So they're going to say that. He's going to respond because he's been that knee-jerk reaction guy and he talks about the receipts because he doesn't forget when people have been talking, as we've seen in the past two games. He had not forgotten what previous coaches had said about him before the season started. And he lets it be known whether him or by proxy with his son, so that someone says something about what's been said. Dion's not are you talking it. three three losses on the year, like an eight and three, nine and three season, or because well, I'm, I'm talking gonna, three three in a row, three like the three next next three games. Well, the that way would I'm be looking at, well, if not the next three games, maybe Oregon could start it off because then you get into real Pac-12 play. People who are familiar with the way they play, even though it's a different, completely different team because of all the players that came from the portal and otherwise but i've mentioned before how when you recruit you typically recruit for your conference you don't recruit for the play the teams you might play out of your conference possibly in a championship game you recruit for your conference because you got to win your conference in order to have the opportunity to go to these playoff games or even a championship game so yeah this pack 12 whatever is remaining of it which is seemingly paying a lot better this year than anybody else collectively as a conference there are teams out there that could probably make it a three-game, uh, three-loss uh, situation for Colorado. I mean, Oregon is a tough team this year. Oregon State is better than they've been in a long time. Washington, Washington State is not that great, but they're paid in the butt. Arizona State, not necessarily that great, but Arizona, the, the whole Pac-12, man, doing well right now. And eight teams in the top 25. Said that exactly who they're playing, but they're doing what they're supposed to do and more against those teams. If they're a 20 point favorite, they're still winning by 40 or 30. 
But if they're doing what they're supposed to do, then what's the big deal? They're supposed to do that. They're they're doing it in bigger numbers, I guess, larger numbers. They're favored by 25 <laughs> and they win by 40. I mean, hey, you know, they're better than you probably thought. You know, like Washington, I thought Michael Penix might have been a bit overrated. I watched him play. I'm kind of taking it back, but we'll see how the season plays out. You know, they're playing Michigan State this week, you know, Washington. So we're talking about a, a Pac-12 and it's, and it's swan song season. That's probably, you know, trying to make a real statement. I don't know how you just turn the switch on and off, but trying to make a real statement. UCLA is still a team. USC is still a pain. You know, they could cause some pain, you know, for Dion, but we'll see. It don't happen. We'll we'll figure it out. But before we figure that out, we can talk about, well, there's some rumors about Coach Prime we mentioned yesterday possibly going to Alabama if Nick Saban retired. Well, that might not be a possibility anytime soon anyway because it seems like Nick Saban himself is – that's laughable that they're even talking about me retiring. I don't know. It could be, you know, they, they lost the other day and people are thinking maybe he's frustrated or he, he doesn't have it anymore because Georgia won the, the last two championships and maybe they foresee them struggling this year. Um, so maybe, you know, people start talking, rumors get started. But Coach Saban says I, he doesn't know where that, that's coming from because he's not thinking about retirement. I don't see why he would. Guys like him are so competitive. You know, they, 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 they're they coaches. He reminds me somewhat of Tom Coughlin, man. He's just a football guy. And on the college level, Nick Saban is a football guy, and he's always looking after the next best thing. And I don't think he'll leave a school like Alabama knowing that Georgia probably would overtake the SEC if he were to leave unless they bring in someone like Coach Prime. <laughs> but I don't think that would be an option. I don't think it would be an option immediately because, as I mentioned yesterday as well, you still have Kirby Smart, but now why would he even leave Georgia? That's a unilateral move if he went from Georgia to Alabama at this time. Stay at Georgia. Perfect job, perfect circumstance for him. Dabo Swinney, another guy from Clemson. Well, former player for Alabama, played with Gene Stones, the 92 team that won the championship. And now his team in Clemson, not even ranked. <laughs> They're having issues of their own. So, yeah, I think they have a couple of guys to go to before they even go to Coach Prime. But I think in the grand scheme of things, with what the statement that was made by Saban, he's laughing at all of them. This is not even a possibility for anybody to take my job. I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. I'm looking forward to the next championship. And I know those Bama fans definitely are looking forward to a championship. They feel entitled to a championship. Yeah, like I said, he he has no intentions of retiring at this time. So people are just talking. It's just chatters, rumors, not a big deal. Uh, I don't even think Prime is even thinking about, oh, if no. it becomes available. You know, he's got his hands full over there in Colorado. You know, he's written checks. You talk about him keeping receipts. He's writing checks too, and he needs yeah. to cash them. So yeah, he has a lot of checks to cash. You know, <laughs> and I think even after the way he had left Jackson State and how upset, pissed off the fans there were, I think for the wrong reasons, because you talk about someone making progress and they weren't going to pay him what he needed to get paid or what Colorado was going to pay him, and they weren't going to put him in a situation to where he wanted to be in. Prime time means he wants to be in prime time. When is Jackson State going to be on Fox and ESPN? When is game day going to come to Jackson State constantly? I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, if at all. And so they were upset for a whole different reason. They thought he was supposed to have been a savior and a beacon of hope for future HBCU players or even for people to consider going to an HBCU. He was there for his reasons, whatever his reasons were, whether it was the glory, whether it was the money, whether it was both. He was there to make his name and then use that as a stepping stone as other coaches do with other jobs. Urban Meyer used Florida as a stepping stone to Ohio State. Come on, man. We're talking a huge program for a huge program. So, yeah, man, that's what he did. And that's what Prime's got. Like you, he, he has to solve some things where he's at now. I don't think just winning a handful of games and going to the, the bumfuck bowl is going to be enough. You got to go to something that matters. And you're going back to the Big 12. So that helps. Yeah, right. I agree with that. He's got... Like I said, he's writing checks that he needs to cash, and he's not stopping with two Ws. He, he's he got bigger plans, and uh, he, he's not thinking about anything else right now. He's he's worried about his program. Yeah, worried about your program. He's doing a great job as it stands right now, going into his third game, playing against an in-state rival. 
And we, we know there are big games looming about, and I know there are haters out there waiting for him to get that first loss so they can kind of exhale. They're waiting to exhale. And another group of people waiting to exhale or inhale or do anything that makes it feel better than it felt on Monday night. Jets fans, we're still talking Aaron Rodgers, or at least there are stories still out there about Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson says he has a renewed vigor, I guess, going into this, well, rest of the season as the starting quarterback for the Jets. I don't think it helps. I'm hoping that, hey, I'm a liar, but I don't think that's the case. How do, do you believe a quarterback can turn it on and off when it was never really on? Uh, especially this week, they got Dallas. Oh, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I think, sorry, your team's taking an L this week. Unless okay. unless your defense can do the same to Dak. Oh, um, the defense. Dak, 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 you know, he wants to stay under 10 interceptions. Uh, let's see what Whitehead can do. Yeah, the defense itself, the blitzes, Whitehead, you know, the entire defense is going to carry this team. We're not going to try to fool ourselves as Jets fans or people who just watched the NFL Years ago when Mark Sanchez was probably just a little bit better than Zach Wilson, the defense still stood up and carried him and got to a championship game or got to the playoffs. So <clears throat> I'm just thinking that right now down there, you know, in Dallas, they're hot. They're sacking the quarterback. As long as, you're, as long as your special teams and, and Wilson don't give the ball away and give them easy scores, then that's going to force Dallas's offense to, to produce. To yeah, and, and that's where your defense is gonna have to step up. Yeah. Uh, it, it could be a, a another tight game, it, 13 10, 16 13, 16 10, 17 14, something like that. Yeah, I'm expecting a tight game. The line is eight and a half right now, and it's obviously in Dallas's favor. This will be the first road yeah, game, or it could be 17 3 too. Exactly, it could be <laughs> a more scoring game. It doesn't have to take the under if you're going to do anything at all, take the under because. I just don't see the firepower. Now, the running game could do something special, as we've seen now with Dalvin Cook, and we have Brees Hall coming back. You know, they're keeping him on questionable like every week now. I guess that's what you kind of do with a player coming off of a knee injury. And regardless of how much rehab you've had and even how many carries you've had, he didn't, he didn't have a lot of carries, but the knee probably still swells up and needs attention after each game coming off of an ACL, and that's what he's done. But Zach Wilson is going to have to do something. He's shown flashes of at least being mediocre in the past. I think mediocre is good enough. You know what I mean? Considering what Dak, what Dak Prescott may do against this defense, and I mean in a good way for the Jets' defense, I, I think that it, it, he could keep it close. But like you said, it could be 17-3, you know, and the defense does his job and do no, and does nothing but get upset with Zach Wilson because he didn't do anything <laughs> offensively. And that's the only way to go. It happened last season. Yeah, that, I think that's the most likely outcome. Yes, unfortunately, that is the most likely outcome. But, hey, you know what? The NFL season is coming up. I mean, it's already here. Second week going into a full week. It starts tonight. Philadelphia, Minnesota, and Philly. We already know at the, the, the link, they call it, Lincoln Financial. So the bank, whatever they're calling it these days. Yeah, they'll be playing that Thursday night football. So we can put a lid on that because we can also talk about some of the games that are coming up in the NFL, but this is our Thursday, which is our Friday. So we're going to talk about, well, some other things such as Houston basketball. Come on. You don't talk about preseason basketball. You don't talk about preseason games, but there are so many storylines now from the new rest restrictions they have allegedly yesterday to now Kevin Porter Jr. The Houston Rockets are looking to trade him. Who would want to pick up that PR nightmare? I don't think anybody would, or at least they wouldn't want to give up anything for it. No, uh, that that's a that's a nightmare. You, it's not resolved. You still have to see how it shakes out. What kind of punishment is coming down, whether criminal or from the league? Um, why would anybody want him? Yeah, I can't blame them for wanting to trade him, but <laughs> who's dumb enough to to trade for him? You know, I'm at a point even right now. With today's climate and the way things are, cancel culture, all of that stuff, I'm wondering if they just flat out cut him and probably still owe the money. Would someone pick him up without even having to trade for him? Well, that's also possible. Um, I just don't know the the workings. You know, if 
if uh, domestic violence is is involved, can you cut them without his still having to pay them? You know what? If there's something in that contract about morality, which you would like to believe is in there, or you know something like that, if you do this to the team, or if you did something disagreeous that we don't have to pay you, but just imagine, even if they or, just say that they might just pay him to go away, like get your ass out of here, and then the rest of the league, they're not going to want anything to do with him. That's what I was about mm-hmm. to ask. Now, does anyone in the league pick him up if there's no trade made? If the Houston Rockets just get rid of him, he's a free agent. Does the team pick him up right now, or do they wait a little longer, waiting for it to die down a bit because they know there's going to be such a backlash from everybody? I mean, not even just the feminist groups. We're talking society at large. Really, and then when you look at the details that we talked about yesterday, the way he beat her down. I mean, yeah. come on, vertebrae, man. That's they that's they business, man. They would be asking for for drama, signing him right away. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if there's going to be criminal charges. If the league's going to hand down a suspension, why would you sign him not knowing those things? You know, uh, well, you already talk about Adam uh, Silver enough about how he doesn't have the balls. You repeatedly talk about he's not David Stern. He he doesn't have the ball to really put the hammer down. With a ban, if David Stern was there, would you think a ban from the NBA be a possibility under these circumstances as these new findings are coming out and seeing how more severe it is from day to day? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't recall anything um, – of this nature happening under David Stern's watch. So, but uh, David Stern, when it came time to, to dole out punishment, he had no problem doing it. And some people thought it was severe, uh, but they never thought it was weak. No, he didn't care who you were. If you, if you committed the crime or if you did the action that required the suspension or whatever he was doling out, well, that's what you got. And, but, I, I think he had the mentality of protect the brand, right? Protect the yeah. name. You're the um, commissioner. Exactly. Protect the logo. I don't know if Adam Silvers uh, subscribes to that uh, way of thinking. You would think the commissioner works for the owners. <laughs> they, they're the ones who represent that shield, the, uh, the brand. Everybody says he's a player's uh, commissioner. Man, they have, their, they have the, the players' uh, union members to help them. You know, that, that's on their side. He's the commissioner. He's supposed to be in favor of the well, everybody as a whole. But you know, he works for the uh, the owners. But he, he hasn't done anything that has real teeth behind it. And he had opportunity to do that. We know, let just last season with John Morant, he didn't put the teeth on it. We thought he would have put on it. He kind of backed down a bit. We know it's something David Stern wouldn't let anyone get away with. I mean, that would have been a whole season in my opinion if David Stern was there. That would have been an easy season. But yeah. Uh- yeah, he would have got at least 50 games, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. No pay, anything. Mm-hmm. And But mm-hmm. Kevin Porter, man, he, he just ruined his career. I, I think he did. I mean, should he be kicked out of the NBA? If it were me, yes. And I'm not saying it from a on a soapbox standpoint. This is something that probably, well, it shouldn't be tolerated if it's getting that severe. I'm not going to say just beating up a woman, but just be careful with it. No, to even do that. To that degree, these are athletes, man. They just don't do normal things when they decide to go off the cuff. It's like a boxer, man. If he goes off the cuff, man, somebody's getting hurt. If an NFL player, defensive lineman goes off the cuff against his girl or wife, somebody's getting hurt, and it's not him. And the NBA is a lot of the same. Yeah, it's almost as if they don't realize their own strength, right? They don't recognize the size difference, the strength yeah, difference. probably true. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, I don't know, man. To see, because I remember when, uh, what was it, um, uh, Deshaun McCoy with his girlfriend, the thing that happened with him and her. And I don't know if it was completely verified, but they showed the pictures of what he allegedly had done to her. And I was like, man, I mean, that's pretty brutal. We've seen video of Ray Rice and the reason why he's out of the NFL because of what he had done. And right. God, these dudes don't realize their power, their strength. But to even think about hitting a woman like that to begin with, what are you going to expect? Whether you're a professional fighter or just an NFL player who's just, just a strong dude. Ray Rice is not a tall dude, but he's a stocky dude. He's going to lay it on you no matter who you are if it lands. And we saw that. So, man, now we got Kevin Porter doing this, and we look at the results of what had happened with uh, a, 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 a lacerated vertebrae or whatever it was a, to her vertebrae. Either way, something is going crazy, man. That, 
That's crazy. That's severe damage right there. And strangulation. That's part of it as well. Man, I don't know what these players are thinking about, but do you have anything, anything else more to say today? I know I sent some picks over. We could probably talk about that for a split second, just to name teams. But um, any, any type of rant, we've been in a little bit of a delay with your rants. Nah. We got to recharge. I mean, H and right Zero now. Rings, I think you might have mentioned it yesterday, or I don't know. He said yeah. LeBron's um, 2004 USA team would beat every team by every team in history by 50. And how come they didn't beat every team in 2004 by 50? <laughs> and they what had a better team then. The hell is he talking about, man? He just he's worse than Skip Bayless nowadays, man. He just says things to get attention. Yeah, exactly, and he played the game before, so you think he'd have a little bit more respect and credibility when he says something. And I'll take it back. That 2014 wasn't better than teams of the day because I remember that team with Lamar Odom and Carlos Boozer, young Carmelo Anthony, AI was kind of coming towards the end, and of course LBJ was young as well. So yeah. A talented team, but not as good as teams that are athletic as they are today. But um, 50 points, that's just not happening. Those days of 1992 of blowing teams out by 60, 70, taking pictures with people who are just happy to be on the court with you, those aren't those days aren't happening anymore. It seems like everyone's goal is to get to the NBA. If you're an overseas player, your goal is to get to the NBA. And you want to prove to them that you can be on their level or that you're on their level. And in some cases over the past several years, they've been proving just that. 2024 won't be any different in terms of them trying to prove it. I'm just thinking based on the team that they may potentially put together, they'll win, but it won't be those big margins that we've seen in the past. No, it won't be. The, the world has gotten a lot better. Yes. Uh, those guys, they those, those teams, they play uh, together way more often than mm -hmm. USA does. You know, USA seems to just throw their team together a few months. All teams, that's it. Yeah. Um, the other the other nations they they have actual teams and they play together and you know when they go up against um, USA there's no fear factor anymore. Nope. You know, uh, and definitely if there was any, there isn't any now. They they couldn't even get a bronze medal. <laughs> bronze medal, Canada beat them out for it. Right. They couldn't even come in third. Uh, even the most recent Olympic team was beaten by Nigeria in the exhibitions. I mean, people are creeping up. No one's ever thought about Nigeria being a power or even close to a power in basketball. You hear about individuals like Giannis or even the dream coming from Nigeria, but you hear those storylines. You don't hear about teams. And they were able to beat the U.S. team, even though it didn't matter, but it's, it did a lot for their credibility and a lot for their morale and beating that big, bad U.S. team who thinks they own basketball and the world championships, even though it's only the NBA. But, hey, let's get to some of these best bets that I threw up here. And I just threw three college teams and three pro teams, starting off with the college team. I'm going to take the Jaguars at home, plus three and a half against the Chiefs. And with that, I'm also going to take Atlanta, giving two to Green Bay. Green Bay is on the road for this game. And then San Francisco at home. Uh, yeah, they're at home, seven and a half against the Rams. I mean, whether it's at home or in L.A., I think San Francisco is that good defensively. And our offense is probably starting to pick it up to where – not even starting. I think they're going to just pick it up. We saw Christian McCaffrey just last week. But I'm saying as far as Debo Samuel starting to do his thing, um, in college, I took Liberty three and a half over Buffalo. Buffalo just not this year. Normally they could sneak around in the MAC and do some things. Liberty has always been uh, – not always been, but recently coming out of Virginia, of course, a pretty solid team uh, a couple of years ago when Hugh Free was, uh, Freeze was there. Oh, I think they had 11-win season. So, yeah, they still got some of that talent there, by the way. And then Michigan State, plus 16-and-a-half. I expect them to lose to that Washington team that I said was so good, but I expect them to um, lose the game. They'll be at home. And, of course, we talked about it yesterday with Mel Tucker going through what he's going through. That cloud is over them. We'll find out what's going on. I think they'll be 2-1 after this. They're 2-0 right now, but they will stay within 16-and-a-half. And finally – UNLV and Vandy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of all schools, right, UNLV. UNLV lost to Howard just a few years ago coming from the HBCUs, but UNLV, even though they fired their coach last season, a better team this year. Vandy not as good this year as they were last year, regardless of the new contract for coach. Um, but I take Vandy to uh, UNLV plus four and a half. I mean, Vandy struggled a little bit with Hawaii, man, and Hawaii's still not good. Anyway, that's what I just threw out there. Is 16, just a half dozen of – 
half dozen problems, and that's all of them. <laughs> well, I agree with your three NFL picks. I don't know enough about Liberty and Buffalo to comment on them. Um, I'd stay away from Michigan State with that that Mel Tucker potential scandal hovering yeah. over them. That program, who knows? And then what was, I don't even remember the last game. UNLV just, and Vandy. Yeah, <laughs> UNLV, man. I only think basketball when I, I hear UNLV. Same here. You know, I remember Wayne Newdy for the football team way back in the 90s, man. So, yeah, I, I still remember that even in the late 80s. But, yeah, and Icky Woods came from there. As you know, Randall Connett. We could go down and list a couple of players who played there. Yeah, but that, that Washington game. Yeah, I mean, I, depending on Kelsey, how healthy he is, I think the Jags might win that game outright. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're going to win it outright. I'm taking them outright, not the three and a half. I think that's just a sweet spot. But outright, I still got the Jags, man. I know how these – it's not even a homer pick. I'm not a homer. I'm not a Jags fan. <laughs> I don't buy the Jags. I just happen to be here, and I know how rabid that place can be because now it's underrated because all these years they've been getting a lot of disrespect for what they haven't been doing and showing up in blackouts when they were there. But this team is ready to rock. They're looking for a playoff spot and more and bring in a team that doesn't have all of their pieces and parts. They want to show Patrick Mahomes, we had you by the nuts last time. We're going to get you here in Jacksonville. Yeah, he had a bad ankle. It was the playoffs, and he pulled it off. They want to act like, oh, they're taking it personal. Uh, here, players, we're taking it personal. All right. You know, I, see, I see a lot of shade online thrown at Trevor Lawrence. What do you ever what? do to get so many haters? I don't know. It's the hair. They're jealous. That's <laughs> it, man. Come on. Trevor Lawrence does nothing, man. This is a God fearing man. Sunshine's a fictional character for Disney movies. <laughs> you know what? For real. <laughs> He's an overall good dude. He's someone I haven't heard anything off the field. Obviously, any, nothing on the field negative about him. I mean, even when they won their playoff game, he went to the freaking Waffle House two in the morning and the fans came out to see him. He, he, came, he came unannounced. And one of the workers must have just called up and everybody showed up, took pictures with everybody, the whole deal. He's that kind of dude. But you know what? I think Jesus Christ would find haters today. Come on. Exactly, because we saw right. Tim Tebow had he haters. Does. He does, actually. Yeah, that, and that's true. A whole lot of them. And Tim Tebow had haters. If you want to take bring it a little bit back down to earth. But he had haters. Everybody, you know, gets haters. No matter how good you are, how bad you are, you're going to have haters. So do what you're going to do anyway. So anyway, this will put a lid on our weekend. This is our Thursday show. Whoa, time has flown by this week. But of course, we'll be coming back on Monday. And by the way, another week closer to Canelo and Charlo trying to get it on for the 168-pound title. And, you know, we'll have our panel of guys on and maybe girls if they want to come on to talk about the fight. True. So, um, so any final words before we hit the road for the weekend? No, just if uh, you're listening on Spotify, really appreciate it. If you watch us on YouTube, thank you for watching. Um, tell your friends, help us grow. Eventually, we want to go live, uh, get some interaction. Yeah. Um, and if you you like what we say, let us know. You don't like what we say, let us know. Um, give us feedback. That's it. So I'm Trav. He's biased, and we're signing Deuces. off. Peace.